Hi, you're listening to Global Skycast, the show that brings you all of the most up-to-date aviation news, interviews, and insight from around the world. Good morning and welcome to another Global Media Skycast. My name is Lou Davis. I'm the Editor-in-Chief here at Global Sky Media and Asian Sky Group. Delighted today to be joined by Clint Kumar, who is the Director of Operations for Signature Flight Support. Clint, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good morning. Happy to be here. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. And I know the Signature um, network is quite big. Uh, which part of it are you in at the moment? I am currently sitting in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, which is kind of in the Midwest part of the country. Uh, I oversee a portion of the Midwest, the West Coast, and then uh, my area extends up to Anchorage, Alaska. Wow. So quite a, quite a big area then. Absolutely. And how, how's uh, 2022 been so far for Signature? We're doing really good. Um, we've recovered very nicely from the pandemic. We see uh, strong and increasing business levels and um, things are going very well. And, and that ex- extends into sort of acquisitions as well. I read recently that you'd acquired uh, a company, I think it was called TAC Air. Uh, that's correct. Um, adds 13 locations to our portfolio. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, our company is very focused on growth and and expanding within the industry. So the purchase of TAC Air with the 13 locations is very strategic for us. Um, puts us in some cities that we weren't in before and certainly adds a lot of really good talent and team members to our organization. So we're really, really excited to bring them aboard and in the process of kind of integrating them into our organization now. Mm. And, and I was going to ask actually about um, uh, different locations because the signature uh, network is, is quite large as it is. Um, do you have a sense about how many of those 13 uh, locations are new markets for, for signature? Actually, most of them are. I don't have an exact count, but um, there's a handful of overlap uh, locations, but the majority of them are in new markets for us. So that makes it even more exciting. And I guess that um, one, one of the really interesting things about the, the data points that you guys have as well is that you're at ground level, effectively. You'll be able, you'll be able to see how many people, how many flights are actually taking place um, across the network. Clint, have you got a sense about if that's growing at all? Uh, it is growing. We see a lot of growth. Um, during the pandemic, uh, there's been a lot of people who have had the opportunity to fly privately and have experienced the convenience of of doing so. Um, we have studies that indicate that 10% of the people that have the means to actually fly private choose to do so. So that means that there's 90% uh, of people with means to fly privately yeah. that that do not do so that and we see that as a great opportunity for our organization and for the industry. So with traffic increasing everywhere in the world, I guess it really helps that um, sort of quarantines uh, and um, travel restrictions are being uh, lifted all around the world, uh, apart from in Asia. So Asia is um, unfortunately still uh, well and truly under the grip of COVID, and of course. U.S. to Asia traffic has sort of suffered over the course of the last two years um, because of that, which makes which makes it all a little more interesting that that your your new Anchorage facility is is going to come online pretty much around the time that that should be tra- changing. It should be just around the sort of time that pick traffic between the U.S. and and Asia is is picking up. Can you talk through a little bit more about what's happening in Anchorage and and the new facility there, please? Oh, sure. Well, for starters, the the studies that we have indicate that. Um, we see double-digit growth in the U.S. and globally 
in current traffic levels. Now you're correct. Um, growth into the Asian from the Asian market into Anchorage was impacted by the pandemic. And the thing to remember from our standpoint is that before the pandemic, this was a big growth area for us, something we were very focused on. And as we come out of the pandemic, we feel that we are going to be strategically positioned um, to experience some real growth in that marketplace. Absolutely. So the, the facility was always there. Signature's been in um, Anchorage for a while now, hasn't it? So um, I, th I think you're revamping of, uh, an existing facility. Uh, that's correct. So we've had an, a facility, an existing facility at the Anchorage airport. Um, the facility that we're currently constructing and moving into is called the Cullis facility. So it was originally um, occupied by the Alaska National Guard, the air wing of the Alaska National Guard. Um, in 2011, they moved out and, and that property was organized into a business park. And we saw an opportunity to be on that side of the field and perhaps, you know, grow our business, um, include Customs and Border Patrol. So the planning began a few years ago, back in 2017. A lot of background work went into the project and we finally started construction April of this year and happy to say that uh, within the next few months we're going to be up and running. And how much more space um, will it give you? I presume it's um, ramp space and terminal space increase as well. Yeah, we're going to have, we're going to pick up about another 100,000 square feet of ramp space and the terminal itself um, we're we're going to have 14,000 square feet in that building which is going to be fantastic for us. It's going to be able to house the Customs and Border Patrol facility. Uh, it allows us more than enough space to have some really good amenities, conference rooms, rest lounges, uh, snack bar, even a fireplace. And we're also going to have an on-site restaurant that serves Mandarin Chinese um, and Western food. So I'm old enough to remember sort of passing through Anchorage, mostly late at night in the late 1980s, early 1990s. But I was just wondering, with, with the advent of sort of the G650ER and, and the more later Bombardier global models that can make the, the trip from the US to, to Northern Asia nonstop, who are the people now that are sort of transiting through uh, Anchorage. Mostly customers uh, on Asia Pacific and European Great Circle routes um, that want to do tech stops or or clear customs to get into the U.S. Um, there is no better airport situated for for doing a tech stop um, or clearing customs. Anchorage is the most convenient, um, quickest in and out, and has the best service and best amenities uh, for that type of service. And because I think there is actually a U.S. Customs and Border Protection, border protection Station uh, directly within inside the FBO, isn't there? Or there will be, rather. Uh, yes, absolutely. So, in other words, you can stop, clear customs, do your tech stop, and be on your way within an hour, in theory, um, and go to anywhere in the continental United States without having to clear customs or stop again. And you mentioned that it's pretty quick. You can do a turnaround of an aircraft uh, relatively quick um, at Anchorage. Absolutely. We've got plenty of ramp space. Um, obviously, the uh, proper equipment, um, the terminal, the customs clearance. And also one one important thing to mention is we also have um, available hangar space for customers who may want to stay for a while or may need to stop over. Absolutely. And, and I think it's open 24-7 as well. Absolutely.
So Anchorage itself is, is of course, quite a large airport, and I think there are sort of other um, FBOs um, on the airport as well. What would you say the main advantage, advantage of the Kulis facility is? I think the biggest advantage is we're the only dedicated FBO at the airport to handle international traffic. Uh, we can get customers in and out in an hour's time, cleared customs, fueled, uh, and on their way. And I think as, as a European, um, my uh, my view of Anchorage is, is probably slightly skewed because I normally think of snow and I think of ice. And and having been a few times, it's it's been um, the weather hasn't been wonderful. Um, d- does weather possibly play much of an issue with sort of closing the airport due to low visibility or or snow events? Well, you are right that there is a lot of cold and snow in Anchorage. That's a true statement. Uh, however, to our knowledge, uh, the airport is never shut down due to weather. Um, and that's that's credit to the staff at the airport who do a marvelous job of keeping the runways clear and keeping the airport open and operating under sometimes adverse conditions. They're actually some of the best in the world at what they do. So when aircraft do frequently make uh, tech, tech stops, um, they also change crew as well. Um, Anchorage itself is quite a large sort of commercial um, airport. I think, uh, I think there might be some advantages there when it comes to changing crews over as well. Yeah, certainly. And, and as an example, we have a customer in Minneapolis that flies to Asia and does a crew swap in Anchorage. And it works out fantastic because Anchorage really has all of the airlines that fly in there. They have the, the most thorough or most complete airline schedule um, of any of any airport nearby. So it actually works out really well in that regard. With all these flights coming from Asia and coming from China, how do you deal with that language barrier issue that, that, that can possibly arise? Well, we're, we're very fortunate. Uh, one of our managers on staff, Jing, um, who will be one of the point people over at the New Cullis location, um, she can speak Mandarin Chinese. So she is usually a fantastic liaison uh, to the operators and customers that come from Asia. Um, She's also very well versed in the customs and CDC rules and regulations um, that, as you know, seem to change on a daily basis some days. So um, we're very fortunate to have her and and, uh, she's huge, a huge asset for us in that regard. So when it comes to um, recreating a facility like this, um, it's it often um, often takes um, often needs help from from the from the airport uh, as well. Uh, how how supportive has Anchorage Airport been during the, the reconstruction of the facility? They've been a huge part of this project. Um, we are very thankful for the airport administration and all the support they've given us. Um, it's really been critical to the success of the construction project, and um, I think they're on board with us having this facility, the only dedicated facility for international traffic, so it benefits everybody. What's the, um, what's the elevator pitch? If you, were, if you were to meet somebody, if you were to meet an operator uh, in an elevator and you had those sort of 120 to, to 30 seconds to sort of explain the main advantages of stopping through Anchorage, uh, what would those main advantages be? Well, our facility is state-of-the-art, um, everything under one roof. We can get you in and out and clear customs in 60 minutes. And then the airport itself, um, it's the biggest in the state, has the most airline connections, and uh, they never shut down, which is amazing <laughs> in the in some of the climate challenges they have. Um, those are probably the two biggest things. We're the biggest and we're the best. 
And so what does make um, uh, Anchorage the best place for a tech storm? Well, it's the most reliable, uh, to put it simply. Um, for flights inbound to the U.S. from Europe, Asia, um, it's kind of situated at the crossroads of the world, you might say. Um, operators know they can depend on signature flight support for the most frictionless tech stop and the best customer service. So I think that's the perfect moment to end our conversation. Uh, so, Clint, I'd like to thank you once again for joining us um, and looking forward to the facility becoming operational later on in the year. 